Everyday consumers are being bombarded with the next big thing in health, wellness, and fitness. What's the future of keeping ourselves healthy, and what's just a passing fad? Hi, I'm Joey Thurman, and if you don't know me, I'm a health and fitness expert and author. I've been fortunate enough to work with celebrities, athletes, C-suite executives, and everyone in between. I've been featured on the Today Show, Live with Kelly and Ryan, Good Morning America, TEDx, and lots of other publications. As part of my ever-increasing thirst for knowledge, which ironically happened after college, I decided to create the Fatter Future podcast. What sets this podcast apart is that I am the guinea pig for these episodes. I don't only want to bring in world-class experts on the show, I want to truly get a first-hand experience what it's like to, say, go on ketamine and trip for my depression, go on a three-day fast drinking nothing but coffee and water for age reversal, eat nothing but plants and get the blood work done to back it up, or even get my brain mapped to see how messed up my head is from getting knocked around playing hockey. Once I try these things, I bring on the experts to talk about my experience and explain it to the audience in a digestible manner and ask the true question. Is it a fad or is it the future? Because after all, we don't want to be fatties. Should you skip breakfast? Should you not eat? That's not good for you. Or maybe it is. Is it the fad? Is it the future? Hmm. How do you go about fasting? Maybe there should be a guide. Well, this episode, we have it all. I have intermittent fasting expert, primal health coach, Marisa Moon. She's also the host of the Foundation of Wellness podcast. You want to make sure to check that out. But this conversation is going to have you rethinking all the things that your mom and dad taught you when you were young. Is breakfast really the most important meal of the day? Marisa will have your questions answered. Here's my conversation with Marisa. Fasting. Hmm. Fasting. Most ancient widespread traditions in the world and even the 5th century BCE when the father of modern medicine, Hippocrates, prescribed fasting and apple cider vinegar. To eat when you are sick is to feed your illness. He also said, let food be thy medicine. Ancient Greeks believed medical treatment could be observed from nature. Plato and Aristotle also supported fasting. Religions have been fasting for years. Jesus Christ Buddha and the prophet Muhammad believed in fasting and they called it cleansing or purification. In Buddhism, food is often consumed only in the morning and followers from fast from noon until the next morning. Greek Orthodox Christians fast from 180 to 200 days a year. Muslims have been fasting the holy month of Ramadan from sunrise to sunset. But should we fast? Who doesn't want us to fast? Maybe it's a happy clown. Maybe it's a lovable breakfast cereal because they're great. Hmm, what is that? Well, today, my guest, I'm honored to have Marisa Moon. Marisa Moon is a certified primal health coach, intermittent fasting instructor, and the host and producer of the Foundation of Wellness podcast. Very good. I've listened to it myself. Starting in 2014, after struggling with frustrating digestive symptoms related to irritable bowel syndrome, that's a mouthful right there, IBS, a leaky gut, non-celiac gluten sensitivity, and possible SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Marisa has entered the field of nutrition by creating a blog called My Longevity Kitchen, where she shares recipes that maximize nutrition and minimize toxins. Her recipes honor a variety of real food diets like Paleo, Primal, and Weston A. Price's Weiss traditions. Today, Marisa uses her unique experiences and nutrition education to help busy adults put an end to confusion about what's healthy. She does this by encouraging ancestral principles and intentional balance in our hectic modern lives. Her most impactful project thus far is her online course, 
called Intermittent Fasting Freedom, where members can cruise through a variety of learning materials that help them to achieve a lifetime free of yo-yo dieting and to reach their goals of weight loss and abundant energy. We all want energy. After five years of intermittent fasting in her own life to combat ADD symptoms, I have ADD if you can't tell from my intros <laughs> and sluggish energy, and then teaching intermittent fasting in webinars and live workshops. Marisa has seen the true power of revitalizing practice, and that's why she's on a mission to share her flexible IF intermittent fasting approach with busy adults today. Marisa, thank you very much for driving all the way down from Indiana, right? Yeah. Oh, I love Chicago, man. Big place in my heart. I'm not that far. You are not that far. So I, I appreciate you being here. So this has been around for a thousand plus years, intermittent fasting, fasting protocols, however you want to call it. But why do people consider this a fad? I don't know. I mean, I guess you tried to pinpoint it there like it's been around for a thousand years, but I would actually argue that it's been around as long as humans have been in existence mm. because our environment has forced us times of fasting. I mean, food was just never readily available until civilization and even then until food manufacturers, refrigeration and things that make food so accessible and convenient. I mean, we would go through long periods of time without catching something and a hunt or without having anything to forage, there'd be droughts, there'd be no vegetation. So fasting is just a natural part of life and our genes have adapted to sustain and thrive in that type of environment so that we can be strong and our species can prevail. That's super interesting and a good point. I think nowadays people get caught up in thinking that something is a fad because they just now heard about it. But, you know, things fluctuate and they come in and out and fasting has been around for years and years and years. They essentially, let food be that medicine. You're also a primal health coach, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do. Huh? Yeah. Explain what primal health coach is. Well, I really am a holistic wellness expert that uses evolutionary biology or ancestral principles to help determine, you know, what can give someone the health that they're seeking. And maybe some of those things I just said don't resonate with you because we don't talk about ancestral health or evolutionary biology. They're basically new booming fields of science and medicine because we're starting to realize, hey, if we keep things up at this pace that we're living right now in developed nations and we don't take a look at the wisdom we've once had and now forgotten, we might just always be looking to pharmaceuticals and still be stuck in the rut that we're in. I mean, there's all these advancements in modern medicine, but we're still getting sicker and fatter. Right. So it's not working. Why not look to the times when humans weren't sick and fat and mm. see if there's anything that we can learn from that that's actually applicable today. So you're saying food has nutrients and micronutrients and that can actually help you and make you feel better. Yeah, but not necessarily the food that we're eating or we're given or we're addicted yes. to. Yes. I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole and believe me, we'll have uh, <laughs> other guests on that talk about GMO and all that other sort of stuff and pesticides and why we're all full of hormones now. But, you know, that's not what we're here to talk about. So intermittent fasting, I imagine you're saying it is not a fad. <laughs> no, I honestly, I, I just want to say if anyone's hearing about it for the first time now or recently, I want you to know that in the beginning... When I first learned about intermittent fasting, I thought it made complete sense, but that didn't mean I wanted anything to do with it. Right. I love food. Mm -hmm. I just love everything about it. That's like something I consider fun is cooking or going to like learn about food, watch food on TV, cook with my family, mm -hmm. shop at a farmer's market, like anything related to food. I love eating. <laughs> I didn't think I would ever want to skip a meal. It sounded totally bonkers to me. Why would I choose to skip a meal? So you're not someone who is doing this 
because essentially you want to look a certain way by your bio. It says that you started practicing intermittent fasting to tackle some illnesses or some problems that mm-hmm. you're experiencing. I know myself and as you guys are listening, every person that we have on this podcast, I try this and I've been intermittent fasting since my son was born a year and a half plus ago. And I started doing it because I couldn't get up at five in the morning and make a massive smoothie because my wife was up all night with him. And do I want to wake her up, you know, making a 20 ingredient smoothie while with him and she's going to come in and smack me in the face or something. So, I just stopped eating breakfast. So, intermittent fasting and having breakfast and people think that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. What's happening there? Why do we feel that we have to have breakfast? And what are your thoughts on just you know skipping breakfast? And I guess let's just go with what intermittent fasting is to break it down. Okay. So, let's just say in a nutshell, intermittent fasting is an on and off eating pattern where you are fasting in the same day that you are eating. And we're all fasting while we sleep. That's actually where the word breakfast comes from. It's to break your fast. Wait, break fast? <laughs> yeah. Shut your mouth when you're talking Stop. to me. Stop. You didn't know that? Break fast. <laughs> yes, I love that. Well, the thing is, it even has a more interesting story than that to come from. Mm-hmm. You know, really the meals of our day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, was something created by the food marketers. Mm. That really never existed before. There was only the name for one meal, which actually originates from the word dinner, which came from the word disner in Old French. We're talking about like medieval ancient times. Mm. That is from the Latin root to stop fasting. And What's important here is there was really only that one mealtime, and that was in the midday, so while the sun was still out, but not in the morning. And then in the Middle Ages became this concept or this belief that you were weak and you needed sustenance or you were poor or you were just weak, I guess, wretched is the good word, Mm -hmm. that would be when you break your fast in the morning. And so they came up with the word for breakfast for the meal that you eat first thing in the morning to emphasize that ideology that you were needing sustenance in a time when a strong person would not need that. So it's fascinating when you learn that because food marketers made us think that breakfast is so important. In fact, Kellogg's, the man, John Kellogg, who came up with breakfast cereals, is the one who came up with the claim that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That was in the late 1800s. I mean, and genius. <laughs> that, that genius marketing ploy right there. I, I, I think people have made a lot of money saying breakfast is the most important oh, meal yeah. of the day. So you're essentially not eating for a certain period of time. Yeah. And it happens to be convenient to skip breakfast. A lot of us naturally would like to just get on with our day without having to think about something to eat. It's not a a very sociable time or family time. And then it just so happens to be benefits to that as well, because our hunger hormones are the lowest at 8 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's the very lowest point throughout the entire 24-hour cycle that your hormones are. So why would you tell yourself you have to eat if biologically your body is telling you you don't have to eat. This does not make sense. Right. So people who start fasting and they feel like they have to have breakfast, we have our leptin and our ghrelin hormones. And Mm -hmm. and ghrelin is the hormone that's going to tell you that you're hungry and that you need food. So, everything that I've read, if people start skipping breakfast and they're Mm -hmm. like, I I need to eat, I have to eat, I have to eat. Mm -hmm. That's essentially just their ghrelin hormone. And that regular rhythm of eating, whether Mm -hmm. it's 8, 9, 10 a.m., whatever time they normally eat, signaling to their body saying, give me food because I'm used to getting food, not Mm -hmm. that you have to have food. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, those hunger hormones are going to happen even if you pass the restaurant that you always eat at. Like, we have signals that come into our body that 
tell it it's time to eat. And if you're ritualistic with your meal times, which most of us have been taught, you know, is ideal, then those hunger hormones are going to be cued whether you plan to eat or you're hungry or not. And it is so much easier if you fix your diet before you start intermittent fasting, because if you are waking up every day and eating the crap breakfast foods that you know, American food producers have made us believe our breakfast. You guys, that's not even a food category. It was just made up. So now they're telling us we should start our day with cereal or waffles or streusel or I don't know what people eat, coffee cake, bagels. Everybody eats bagels. <laughs> I don't care if it's whole wheat. I mean, bagels are going to make your insulin skyrocket and that's going to set you up for a day full of cravings okay. and fat storage. And you're not going to find intermittent fasting easy until you start to change your diet in a way that more represents what the human body is expected to have. Okay. So before we get into the muck and weeds of mm -hmm. intermittent fasting, how to do it and how to go about it and the benefits, you say you need to change your diet first. And, and this is something that I want people to be aware of. And whether you're intermittent fasting or not, these tips, which I'm sure you're about to give, uh, are going to be beneficial regardless if, if you're practicing intermittent fasting. So what do you generally recommend for individuals before they go on a fast? Yeah. I mean, I just want to say baseline intermittent fasting starts at about 12 hours mm -hmm. of a break of eating. And anybody can do that. I mean, honestly, there's like one group of people that we say should never do intermittent fasting. That's anyone trying to conceive breastfeeding or pregnant. You don't want to restrict food or calories in that way. Right. But even a 12 hour break is totally normal. I have friends breastfeeding, clients breastfeeding on 12 hour breaks. But with that caveat, I do want to say that Going beyond 12 hours is difficult when you don't change your diet mm -hmm. first. And so I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is trying to do intermittent fasting and saying it doesn't work because they didn't fix their diet first. Now, the first step in my four-step protocol that I always teach about intermittent fasting is to try a 21-day reduced carbohydrate intake that's okay. only around 130 grams of carbs a day or less. Under 150 is a target, no matter how much physical activity you have, who you are, male or female, doesn't matter. That's a good range where there's not rampant insulin production. Mm -hmm. And you're going to train your body to start to use body fat as an alternative source of energy. Because right now, your body's running on carbohydrates. That's why you have to eat so often. That's right. why you have so many cravings. So if you start to just lower it to something more moderate, your carbohydrate intake and not have bread and flour-based foods at every meal, then we're not talking about low carb, you guys. We're not sure. even talking about keto. This is just a range that's more ideal for the human body, allows you to get adequate nutrients and have a social life and, you know, really just enjoy eating as much as you have before. But you're going to start training your metabolism to function in an optimal way so that it can be flexible and so that you can go without eating at your certain meal times and so that you can burn body fat when you need extra energy and you don't have carbs and sugar. So you say if you want to cut 150 grams of carbohydrates a day, and a lot of people don't know what that is, to put it in calorie-wise, that's about 600 calories, all right? So you've got four calories per gram of carbohydrate, which is about 600 calories and cutting that off. And then what do you want to replace that with? Well, it's an interesting way to look at it, by the way. I've never, ever, ever, ever been into calorie counting and See, I never I, have I, looked know, at how many... I, I know some things. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, you I'm, do. I'm much smarter than I look. And if anybody finds that easier than carb counting, I am impressed. But it's just turn the packages around, you guys. Look at how many carbohydrates are in the food. If you're already into carb counting, I don't care if it's net carbs or total carbs. Mm -hmm. That does not matter in this instance. Just start to pay attention to how many carbs you're eating. Okay. Your food should not be always sandwiched between two slices of bread 
or, you know, having whole grains as the base of it, like our stupid outdated food pyramid in my plate. <laughs> That's another rabbit hole we could go down. So say you're having a bagel in the morning, a sandwich for lunch and then mm -hmm. a sandwich for dinner. If you got rid of that bagel and probably two slices of bread, mm -hmm. that's probably pretty good right there. Yeah. That's why I love this range because it doesn't really change your life a whole lot, yeah. but it changes your body and changes your relationship with food, changes your nutrient intake and still allows you to have a glass of wine okay. or to have a sandwich when you're on the run. Right. And I get it. You know, I totally get it. But that first step is going to improve your life exponentially in the long run, your health span, your ability to burn fat, your sustainable energy. So even if you don't do intermittent fasting, I think this is a really important step to take if you care about your health or you're seeking changes in your body. Okay. So first step, you want to start cutting the carbs. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's you want to sit there and count them or you just want to bring them down with each meal, mm -hmm. what do you want to replace them with? Some greens, fruits, something like that? That's a good like point. Yeah. When you start to reducing those foods, there are three different macronutrients. You mm -hmm. know, we got carbohydrates, protein, and fat. Mm -hmm. So when you reduce one of those areas, you have to usually make it up with sure. another area. So I really like recommending fat increase from healthy fats, especially ones that are closer to whole form, because for so long, most of us have given up fats because somebody told us that right. eating lots of grains and whole grains was healthy for right. us. So your breakfast usually contains lots of carbs. I want your breakfast now to contain more fats and protein. Okay. So, so back in the day, uh, Body for Life, remember that? There was a no. book called Body for Life. And I think I was in elementary school and, and it was just, and crazy and it was based off of bodybuilding principles. And essentially closer to a competition, they were cutting out fats and they were cutting out carbohydrates. And essentially their body was starting to burn a tremendous amount of fat. So people like started to be you know, high fat, like let's get rid of that. Fat's going to make you fat. Mm -hmm. Well, is uh, obviously is not the truth. And then they started supplementing things with sugar and having multiple meals per day, which essentially we realized that this is probably not a good thing. So for you, you started doing this fasting, you started cutting the carbohydrates and you started noticing a lot of benefits, which I touched on in your intro. Now, what are the benefits of intermittent fasting? So you start with the cutting down the carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen when you start cutting down the carbohydrates and then from there, you're going to start working on your fasting window? Well, it's really important to go through that 21-day phase for some of the reasons I mentioned, but also because when your metabolism is not functioning in an an optimal way. You're advancing aging, you're advancing the chance of cancer growth. You're really taxing the body and making the body constantly put out fires. That's a mm -hmm. good way to put it. Right. So when you eat a high carbohydrate diet or eat really frequently, we're told that it boosts your metabolism. Mm -hmm. But really, that's just a fallacy or a myth because you may boost the metabolism in the moment. But studies show that it does not increase someone's basal metabolic rate. Right. It doesn't increase your resting metabolism. So that was based off of the thermogenic effect of foods. You mm -hmm. might have heard that. So if you're having 2,000 calories a day and let's say you're trying to digest something and and you're burning 20% of those calories. That's still 400 calories. Hey, quick math. That's right. Okay, did you check me <laughs> like on that? That, no. that? That's still 400 calories from your body just digesting that there. Well, that's 2,000 calories in one meal, three meals, or six meals. You're still burning, let's say, 400 calories for you know sake of math here because I didn't do too well in math. You're still burning that 400 calories just from pure digestion of the food. So it's false now that essentially you know, we don't need to eat multiple times in a day. Mm, I know. What a relief that is. And that's not the only factor about the metabolism that I'd like you to pay attention to because 
When you make your metabolism use carbohydrates and glucose and, you know, glycogen, the storage form of, of carbs for energy, it burns dirty. It's just, it's, there's a lot more exhaust. You can mm -hmm. think of it that way. It, there's a lot more metabolic processes that need to happen to convert that into energy. And there's, it's just a lot of reactive oxygen species, these aging factors that just increase because there's too much oxidation. There's just too much free radicals being produced in your body. So do you want to have a diet that's aging you or do you want to have a diet that's going to regenerate and make you stronger? And that's what intermittent fasting does okay. on all levels, not only for your body fat so that you can lose weight, but the reason I started finally doing it is mm -hmm. because it helps you concentrate better, grow new brain cells, respond to stress in a more optimal way, become more resilient cognitively mm -hmm. so that you can just really see what your true potential is. And that's what I was seeking at the time. Okay. And so all these anti-aging factors have so many different manifestations, but if you think of it like all the things that we're struggling with today, cancer, diabetes, heart disease and neurological disorders, mm -hmm. then all of these things have an aging component to them that is going haywire. Right. And the body simply cannot keep up with whatever it is you've been doing. And that's why intermittent fasting helps all of those things because it turns on anti-aging pathways, longevity pathways in the body that makes sense evolutionarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we could just get back to ancestral health for one second, it makes complete sense when you think about it. I want you to imagine that there's a caveman. He's in the middle of the winter and he can't find food. He's not been able to find any food for four days. Now, if his metabolism slowed down, like we've been taught mm -hmm. would happen, then he would be too tired to move. His body would be conserving his energy so much that he'd be too tired to catch something if he had the chance. Sure. And if his brain would decline because he didn't eat, if his brain cells would die off, or if his thinking, his smarts would just be worse, then he would be like delirious. He wouldn't even be able to catch anything. Right. Our species would be extinct if that were the case. Instead, what happens is that we grow new brain cells. Our muscles are preserved and the body starts to adapt in a way to make you stronger so that you can find food. I mean, you have to remember all that matters to your body is to survive. And we don't need that today. We're not worried about starvation, but that's all your body cares about. That's it. I mean, it's very similar to the adaptive processes that happen when you work out. Yeah. If you challenge yourself in a way that causes a stress on the body, the body reacts by, man, if that's going to happen next time, I better be ready for yeah. it. And I'm going to be ready for it by getting stronger. That makes sense. So if I start fasting more frequently, you're saying I'm going to be prettier. <laughs> Inside and out. Okay. See, they all, that's, what it's, that's what I got from all that. She's she saying I can be more attractive. I don't make enough money. So that's the only reason my wife stays with me is because I'm good looking. She's going to smack me. She actually listens to this one. I love you, honey. Okay. So essentially what's happening is we're helping ourselves. We're helping our brain. We're helping live longer. And this isn't just bro science, right? I mean, there's been studies that have been going on about this because oh, yeah. That's one thing that uh, make sure that people like th this isn't just people like kind of spewing out facts. Mm -mm. It's been researched. And from you, I mean, obviously anecdotal evidence, mm -hmm. you, you feel so much better. Yeah. You know, I can't get through this part of our conversation without talking about energy mm -hmm. because we all complain that we need more energy and 
the most immediate payoff of intermittent fasting is more energy. Okay. And it happens for several reasons, but you are creating an energy surplus by not eating because you're not demanding digestion. Digestion is a very energy intensive process that involves all different organs and blood flow and resources to complete. And then not only are you having an energy surplus from that, but also because intermittent fasting and fasting of any kind encourages autophagy. I know that's a weird word, but it's important I say it for anyone who knows this kind of stuff. Autophagy is your body's like recycling system and cellular cleanup. And that means your body uses junky old cells or cells that are not functioning properly, even like old muscle protein cells that aren't good. It breaks those down into the amino acids to build better stronger muscle. It breaks down those junky cells to make enzymes and nutrients to feed better, stronger cells. And so you are stopping putting energy in junky cells. It frees up more energy for your cells that you're actually using and that are going to make you feel better. So those are two of the main ways that you are getting more energy right away. And not only that, if you eat first thing in the morning, you're blunting the energetic hormones that we naturally produce right when we rise. When we rise, we have human growth hormone, norepinephrine, cortisol. And these are things that make us feel awake in the morning. That's why we can't keep sleeping even if we want to. Now, as soon as you eat, boom, those stop. So when you don't, I mean, think about it. Evolutionarily, it makes sense too, because you would want to go find your food. You'd need energy. You'd have to go miles just to get some water. Right. The body is designed this way. And we just keep messing it up and confusing <laughs> it because we're listening to all this bunk advice about how to eat. Okay, so for 21 days, we start cutting down the carbohydrates, yes. right? That's step one yes. uh, of your plan. Now, from there, you talked about at least 12-hour right. window. Is there anything specific that 12-hour, 14, 16-hour, some people do 24-hour, some right. people do every other day? What is your recommendation for people? Let's call it the guide to intermittent mm -hmm. fasting. What would your recommendation be for people just starting out? 21 days, cut the crap carbohydrates, which seems like a, a good thing to do regardless. Mm -hmm. Step two. By the way, these steps, Joey, can we tell everyone they can grab them at marisamoon.com? Yes, I have to plug away. Slash IF Pl freedom. Plug, plug away. <laughs> the IF stands for intermittent fasting. Yes. But I just want you guys to know that you can get this guide. It's free for you and it comes with some coaching videos. But We'll have that in the show notes and everything too. And then when we wrap it up, we'll make sure we, okay. we plug you. Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> well, the second step, you guys, is just to test out the 12-hour window because I really think every adult should be striving for that on a daily mm -hmm. basis, whether you go forward with intermittent fasting or not. And you can start step two while you're starting step one. It's a good way to gauge like how messed up your metabolism is if you <laughs> yeah. can't possibly make it 12 hours and you got some work to do. Okay. And then step three is really to assess how you feel before you go forward anymore, because you don't want to just do 14, 16, 18 hours because that's what you're told to do. If it makes you feel like crap or you're dizzy or you're irritable or you're more stressed or all of a sudden you get sick or you have adrenal fatigue, you crash and burn. I mean, it's because you're pushing the body too hard. It's like those people who are trying to do an hour every morning at the gym mm -hmm. at these super high intensity training classes, but they're not sleeping. They just had a baby. They have so much else going on. They hate their job and they're like crashing and burning and wondering what the heck went wrong. Right. I'm trying to be healthy i'm trying yep. yeah the body can only take so much so you're saying we shouldn't take a class where we do an hour without any rest intervals and we should actually sleep and take care of our body and recovery is very important 
I'm saying you got to gauge how you feel and Whoa. go from there. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And fatter future on that one. <laughs> All right, cool. So essentially what you're saying is let that body be thy guide. I, I think that the Hippocrates would smack me in the face Yeah, that's not easy to do at first though. I don't know if you remember what it's like when you first start making changes like mm-hmm. this, I mean, you're trying all new things now with this show that's right. cool. So you do kind of have those experiences over and over again. It's not easy to notice those intuitive sure. signals because you're questioning every move that you make. You're wondering right. if you're doing it right. That's what the diet world has done to us. Yep. It makes us constantly question what we're doing and need rules. Like right. we're begging for rules, but I'm begging you with intermittent fasting to just explore and look inward and trust that your body will tell you what to do because it doesn't happen overnight. Okay. And that's not the point. The point right now for you, if you want to embark on intermittent fasting is to literally retrain yourself, what your relationship with food is like, what it should be like and what you need from food because we totally lost that. I mean, I wish I knew I didn't have to eat every two to three hours or I didn't have to eat you know, whole wheat and spray butter on my whole wheat English muffin. Like I thought that I needed to have zero grams of fat. I mean, I was hungry all the time. I would eat the food on your plate after I was done with mine, if you didn't finish it. And I'd be so full, I'd lean back and like unbutton my pants, can't breathe. It was like a normal thing. And that's how I grew up. I mean, Italians love to eat. I really think we need to stop questioning so many things about our diet and just simplify it by eating whole foods and relaxing on this crazy rules that everybody makes up. Even in the intermittent fasting rule, there's like too many rules. So 12 hours, it seems pretty easy for people to do. If your last meal is seven or eight o'clock at night, your breakfast, it could be seven or eight o'clock in the morning. I mean, mean, 12 hours, that's not that difficult. And, you know, people who say that I have to eat something right before bed, you do you, but try to do 12 hours. Mm -hmm. I think right there, that's something that digestible that anybody can do. Mm -hmm. Now, what about coffee, teas, juices? Can you have some form of calories when you're fasting? Does that break a fast? Well, there's so many different ways to look at it. And I'm in the let's enjoy this thing called life while we're at it kind of boat. And intermittent fasting is so easy, even when you're a beginner, if you allow yourself to have your usual coffee or tea. And the only modifications that you have to make are to make sure you don't have carbs or protein in your coffee. So that means no coconut milk, no almond milk, and no sugar, you know, regular sugar, brown sugar, no agave, and no, I don't know what people put in their coffee, but no milk, no skim milk. Oh God, no, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, even heavy cream has traces of carbs and protein, and Mm. you're not going to really get the results that you want. So that's where the bulletproof fasting trend became so popular, because when you only have those types of fats that are in bulletproof coffee, like unsalted grass-fed butter and MCT oils, MCT stands for medium chain triglyceride. It's these fatty acids that are isolated from coconut and the body just makes those into ketones right away. And ketones are what your body makes from your own body fat to Mm -hmm. give you energy. So when you're trying to go from somebody who used to eat in the morning to somebody who doesn't, it's really a great thing to have right. a cup of bulletproof coffee. So, you so you, you, you put a stick of butter in there and some, <laughs> some MC, don't put the whole stick of butter no, in don't, there. No, don't, please. Then, then you had that 2,000 calories. Yeah. So you're saying we're going to put our body into a ketogenic state. So essentially our body's going to start utilizing fat. 
Yeah, you're kind of like training the metabolism, you're satisfying your hunger hormones, and you are sustaining that fast much longer than you might have been able to do without the coffee. Now, in my course and in the framework that I offer, I teach you that this is a great place to start if Mm -hmm. you're used to having coffee already. And I've sustained that bulletproof fasting for many, many years without a lot of exercise at all. Mm -hmm. And my body weight does not fluctuate. I, I feel so blessed because intermittent fasting has given me that. But I do encourage people to cut the butter in half, cut the MCT oil in half, work your way off of it so that you can just have no coffee at all or black coffee if your stomach can tolerate it. Some people it's too harsh and doesn't feel good. So it's very important to cut the sweeteners out. Stevia is acceptable for most people. It does not cause an insulin response, regardless of what other intermittent fasting people say. <laughs> oh, so you just backhanded some other intermittent fasting people. <laughs> no, everybody's just obsessive uh-huh. about all these rules. Yeah. And I'm like, good God, like, what are we learning here if that is what this diet is going to be like? To right. obsess again over something else? I've even heard that taking you know, branched chain amino acids because, you know, a leucine could cause a smite. Mm-hmm. A small insulin spike in it, and you know, could throw you out of that mm-hmm. fast. Thoughts on just taking some amino acids? Yeah, no, amino acids will actually take you out of autophagy, but to what degree? It depends on so many other factors, mm-hmm. you guys. It depends if you're working out. It depends how long you're fasting. If you're going the 18 to 20 hour zone, it's great for you to have that. In fact, there's something called the fasting mimicking diet by one of the world's best fasting experts, Dr. Walter Longo, and he made the fasting mimicking diet to increase compliance so that more people eating a standard American diet can do intermittent fasting without feeling hangry or deprived because they have to go without food. Now they can have these like 500 calorie a day sort of meal plans so that they can eat something. But the incredible thing is Dr. Walter Longo's research shows that they still have autophagy occurring in the body and they still have fasting benefits, including weight loss and increased, you know, thinking and energy. So I argue that however you make fasting work for you, even if you want to have bone broth in the morning, instead of having your meal, you're requiring less digestion and you're still teaching your body to be more efficient with your calories and just be more metabolically flexible, which is a longevity factor that you want to seek. That makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, that cellular autophagy is going to help tremendously from all of the intermittent fasting, whatever rules that you're following, essentially, you just want to give your digestive system a break mm-hmm. it, it is what I'm hearing. Yeah. And eventually, if you can cut out the butter and you can cut mm-hmm. out the, the MCT in the morning, you just want to do coffee. Yeah. Great. If not, exactly. what the hell? You know, you, you do you. You put that damn butter in there. <laughs> not that whole stick of butter. Beautiful. So, we went through step three. Now, step four. Yeah. That's where you start extending the fast. You're starting to experiment 14 to 18 hours. I really like that range because it allows you to have two meals in the rest of the day. Like even if you went 18 hours, you've got six more hours in which you can eat. Because remember, eight of those hours you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. So that's 10 hours in your waking time that you're not eating. And then we got six more hours left. That means that you can eat as much as you want of whole foods without restriction in calories or fat or anything like that. And you are getting enough nutrients so that you have a complete diet. If you want to do the OMAD, the one meal a day, O-M-A-D, that's what OMAD is. If you want to do the 24 method, all of those methods are great, but they don't emphasize nutrient density or a complete diet. And to me, it's 
kind of like taking one step forward, taking one step back. You're like, oh, I'm going to eat like whatever the heck I want, mm-hmm. including ice cream sundaes and three pizzas because I'm only eating one meal a day. And so when all this autophagy happens and anti-aging happens, it's just cleaning up the mess I just sure. made. I did a seminar for a company in Chicago and I'm talking about all sorts of different stuff and, you know, fasting was one of them and eating right for your body type and all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. Now, this woman comes up to me and she says, you know, what do you think about intermittent fasting? I'm like, what do you think about intermittent <laughs> fasting? Because I'm sure you're doing it. And um, I haven't lost any weight. I said, okay, how long has it been? Two days. <laughs> what? Well, well no, no, no shit. Like, that's, I, I worked out for two days what? and you expect to look like Schwarzenegger. Like, it, it's not going to happen. So I think people think that this is just a fix to everything that they can eat, whatever crap yeah, they that do. they want, you know, the There's... standard American diet of bullshit that, that's beige and ugly and fried and whatever and full of sugar. And that's not, you know, what you're saying you know, here, right? Okay. So, so that is not, that is <laughs> not the future, all right? Over the uh, it's going to be all over. So it's, it's not something that if you're looking at, calorie restriction versus intermittent fasting. If we break it down to elementary version, if you normally have breakfast Mm -hmm. and you don't have breakfast, Mm -hmm. you might eat less calories. And for that, yes, you're probably going to lose some weight Mm -hmm. just from doing that. But I think people think that this is the end all be all and the the future of their health just from doing this fasting protocol. And I like what you're saying that you actually need to eat some nutrient dense foods as well and not have this crap. So- Calorie restriction versus intermittent fasting. Yeah, I mean, that's a a great thing to differentiate because they are similar in a lot of ways. They spark tons of longevity pathways in the body that have been proven by science 10 times over. But when we look at caloric restrictions effect on the metabolism, we see that it makes the metabolism slow down because your body's like, well, if I'm only going to get this many calories over and over every single day, like you've been doing to me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to slow down the rate at which I make energy and need energy and use energy so that I use as many calories as you're giving me. And the problem with that is it makes long-term consequences on your metabolism. It triggers hunger hormones in the body like crazy, like exponentially more hunger signals. And that is because your body's like, we need to survive here. We are not getting enough nutrients. So I'm going to make you eat and I'm going to make you want to eat so bad that it'll wake you up in the middle of the night and quit your diet. So caloric restriction affects your hormones in a very dynamic way that does not happen with intermittent fasting. With intermittent fasting, the way it affects your hormones is to make you more resilient and stronger and more comfortable or okay with food deprivation or caloric deprivation because outside of that fasting window, you are eating as much as you feel like eating. You're not restricting. Caloric restriction is just different and the body knows that. And so you want to surprise the body. It's one of the other biggest mistakes everyone makes with intermittent fasting is that they get a strict routine and they never change it. Okay. And that's not mimicking what the human body was designed for because we didn't even have freaking clocks back then. We didn't even have food in a refrigerator to eat it when the time we, we, came. We have sun. Look yeah. at sun. <laughs> so... You need to change it up. And that means, again, tapping in with your intuition. If you're, you know, going to brunch with a friend, eat breakfast. I don't care if that's your intermittent fasting window. Eat it. Enjoy yourself. So, I mean, that's a good point there because I I think people 
get stuck and we want to be in this box and whatever mm-hmm. the hell box it is, whether it's paleo, gluten-free or plant-based or a cookie diet, that was a thing. We want to be in that box and we, we can't deviate outside of there. We can't color outside of the lines. But mm-hmm. what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong or just reach across the table and smack me, <laughs> is that you still need to live your life. And yeah. if, if you're intermittent fasting and you're doing it, Monday through Friday, it's okay to have brunch on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Uh, and You'll just, benefit and, from and that. And so you're going to get those benefits from that. And then oh, you, yeah. you can go right back into that fasted state mm-hmm. the, the next day. Or Absolutely. That you're not going to lose any of the progress you made. In fact, the body adapts just like changing up your exercise routine. If you do the same thing, you're running every single morning for three miles, you might see some great improvements those first couple of months, but then you're going to plateau and your body's going to get used to it. And it's going to say, well, I know what to expect now. I don't have to do anything differently. So when you are intermittent fasting, when you are doing a keto diet, when you are doing anything really diet related, if you do the same exact thing for too long, the body stops adapting. And that's the magic of intermittent fasting is the adaptation. And so I encourage you to be flexible and rigidity will only do you good if you don't know where to start, I guess. You need Mm -hmm. a framework, something to guide you. Like there's apps, Zero Fasting app and the Life Fasting app. Those are awesome because you can really track how long you've been fasting. Because I know in the beginning, I mean, you probably remember, Joey, you're like, I don't know, how long has it been? What time Mm -hmm. did I eat? Like what? You just don't know. And so, you know, it's only natural to want to track it in the beginning. But how long are you going to keep doing that? I get texts from clients that are like, I just went shopping in Whole Foods and I accidentally ate a sample. I forgot I was fasting. Did I screw everything up? And I'm like, you can have a bite. Like it's not, that's not how this works. Okay. You want your body to be like caught by surprise. Is she going to eat? Is she not going to eat? Oh, wow. We're feasting today. We're fasting. We're feasting. We're fasting. That's the magic. So it's not like you were a cocaine addict and you went and you just did a bump of coke and then you're calling your sponsor. You're like, oh my, oh my God, yes, I, I brought up cocaine during intermittent fasting. How did I do that? But if you're following an intermittent fasting protocol, you're not in AA for intermittent fasters and, no. and, and that shot is going to throw you off the ledge. You know, you had that little piece of cake or whatever the hell they were giving out the sample. You'll be okay. There are people that tell you you can't chew gum. You can't brush your teeth because- Okay, the- I'm sorry. Like <laughs> if you guys are going to, if you're going to intermittent fast and you're not going to brush your damn teeth, uh, stop listening to this podcast right now because I don't want a bunch of stank breaths going around and saying, I listen to Joey Thurman, the Fatter Future podcast. And, and Maurice told me to stop, to not brush my teeth. Brush your damn teeth. <laughs> yes, exactly. I am just not the coach for you if you want those kind of rules because the whole framework that I truly believe in is to teach you intuitive, flexible intermittent fast. Okay. Because that's something you can sustain for a lifetime. And you know, Joey, when you were bringing up weight loss, no, at the 12 hour mark, are you going to be really losing weight? You might just at first because you were eating pancakes and syrup before that. But honestly, you got to push it a little bit further than that. And that's why step four, testing out 14 to 18 hours is really important. And some people really need to go more than that. You know, they might have to do different methods like, you know, 24 hour fast or the 5 2 diet or alternate day fasting. There's so many different types. And you're ready for that once you test out 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours. I mean, going 24 hours for me right now is so easy. The only thing that makes it hard is like your environment. So if I smell you heating up your pizza in the microwave at work, of course, I'm going to be hungry. I didn't have pizza. She's not not employing that. (laughs) I'm just trying to think of something that smells Uh really good that you can't resist. And, you know, if you're just lying around the house watching Netflix on the day that you're fasting, you're going to want to get up and go grab something in your pantry and snack. So it's incredible that I am this free from my appetite and would actually choose to go 24 hours because the Marisa I've always been has been a slave to my appetite. And I 
I can't tell you how much better my life is because of it. And everybody needs to know what that experience is like because we've gone too long now obsessing over food. Yeah. I like that. Free from your appetite. Yes. Did, did that just happen? You just came up with that? No, I think I talk about that a lot. Okay. <laughs> free from my appetite. Yeah. Now, now, what are some good resources that people can go to? Obviously, your guide is going to be huge, yeah, yeah, but yeah. what are your sources that, that you originally started, like uh, books or apps mm-hmm. or anything like that? Well, I love the work by Max Lugavere. He wrote a book, Genius Foods, and it gets into intermittent fasting in his book, but it's also all about, you know, protecting the brain from decline and then nourishing your body in a way so that your appetites and all those different hunger hormones are not haywire like they are for most of us. That's such a really great book that's kind of combining the science and then practical advice. I like that. Science. Good. Yeah. But the complete guide to fasting is just like a nice catch-all sort of really small digestible book on fasting by the diabetes expert, Dr. Jason Fung and Jimmy Moore. And they put together a book that combines all the different types of fasting, but gets more into treating diabetes and obesity. Mm -hmm. And obesity really does require you to take your fasts over 24 hours and they teach you how to do that in that book and tell you all sorts of stories, anecdotal evidence, and then also hundreds and hundreds of patients from his own practice where he takes people to reversing their type 2 diabetes with fasting. So I love that one. Just to kind of throw it out there, there are books that I don't really think are great and Mm -hmm. it gets us back to our conversation about not changing your diet or you can't have you know, you can't brush your teeth or chew gum. What are those books? (laughs) Well, there's one in particular called Delay, Don't Deny. And it was an awesome read and very thin, quick, easy book by Jen Stevens, who's lost tons of weight intermittent fasting. And she is helping lots and lots of people lose Mm -hmm. weight. But her program and her book and philosophy is very, very strict. You know, that gets into the, you can't have stevia. You have to fast for 20 hours a day and she still goes through drive-thrus. And that's why she does that because she doesn't want to change her diet. She only wants to keep losing weight and keep going through drive-thrus and eating pizza. And so for me, that is just putting the cart before the horse. I don't know. Do you want to live a long, healthy life? Do you want to increase your health span? Do you want to increase your quality of life? Do you want to have a social life? (laughs) Right. then you probably want to stay away from that. I one. don't have friends, so it's, so, it's, so it's okay. I just live in a podcast studio all day long. <laughs> all right. Essentially, there's a difference between fasting for longevity, for life, for health, living longer, living a healthier, longer life and having that nutrient density, eating those foods and those foods that have grown and lived before that are, that are going to feed your body versus wanting to look better. And I think that's where something where people, they focus on the short term and looking better and losing a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. first and you know and whatever that may be and don't think uh, of the long term now i'm 36 years old yeah I'm, i know i look great um I'm the same they, age. They, look at that well i started fasting so maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe that's why i look better cellular autophagy i learned things mm-hmm. today and so you should try to eat nutrient dense foods feel good go with that intermittent fasting protocol now what about working out fasted. I know there's a lot of people that are going to ask that question. What Mm -hmm. are your thoughts? Well, there's a common myth that you're going to lose muscle Mm -hmm. when you're fasting. Your personal trainer might tell you not to fast because you'll burn muscle for energy. But especially if you start fixing your diet, your metabolism to not be running strictly on carbs, then the body is just so smart. It wants to preserve your muscle like we were talking about earlier. Like if you were deprived of food evolutionarily, what would make sense? It would be that you retain your muscle so you can run and sprint and lift and do whatever it takes to catch your food or carry it back. So the 
reason that happens that everyone needs to know is because of the growth hormone. I mean, we are stimulating something in your body that not only protects your lean muscle, but helps you to grow more. And you're not going to use muscle for energy. You're going to use your body fat. And there's plenty of it on all of us, unless you're under like 6% body fat, which is, you know, a very small portion of the population. Not, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about it if you are like most people and you have some extra body fat, your body's going to use that instead. So Perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds good to most people. So one thing that I will say, if you are a professional athlete, something like that, then it's going to take a lot for you and you need to repair your body. So you will probably need to eat something right away after your workout. After, yeah, yeah, sure. um, if you feel better and if you have a, an event coming up, don't say, hey, you know, I, I didn't have my normal breakfast today and then I, I couldn't run that marathon or do that, you know, Spartan race, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe try this out when you're not, you know, doing yeah. something like that. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. And endurance training is a whole nother ball game, you right. guys. So you should definitely check out Primal Endurance if you're interested in anything I'm talking about. But you're also an endurance athlete because that's written by one of the most famous endurance athletes in the paleo world, named Mark Sisson, and he really teaches you how, in the long run, you're going to be saving your sport, your body, your bones, your vitality if you learn to train on fat instead of on glucose. So I think it's entirely possible. It's just not my area of expertise. And I think that we need to get rid of this idea that you need to have a pre-workout drink or a pre-workout meal and just trust that your body is built with what you need to sustain a workout unless you're a two hour a day gym person. I don't know. This is just not my field. So I do agree if you want to build muscle, you have to train and strength train and that you also would want to replenish like within two hours of your workout and then your fast can be longer on your rest days. Sure. I hope you're taking rest days. Yes, <laughs> not, good point. Working out might be my field. Uh, I, I know, know. Exactly. A, a little bit my field. That's the thing. Carbohydrates are not necessarily body's main source of energy. They're their first source of mm-hmm. energies. So without the presence of carbohydrates, often your body will turn to something else. And, and as you said, if we've got fat, it's going to use it. Now, is there any dangers that anybody should be aware of? I know that I mentioned if you're nursing, if you're pregnant, maybe if you're trying to get pregnant, you definitely want to check with your doctor. Is there anything that anybody needs to be aware of as far as you know dangers with fasting? Yeah. I mean, I brought up type 2 diabetes because it's a great therapy for that, but you can't really start intermittent fasting if you've been on or if you are on medication for lowering your blood sugar, like people are prescribed when they're pre-diabetic or Mm -hmm. diabetic, because your doctor prescribed you a certain dosage based on your current diet. If you change your diet, lower your carb intake or lower your blood sugar levels like you would be by improving your diet, then your medication would have to be properly dosed for that. And obviously that's outside of my field. So you must consult with your doctor before embarking on any dietary changes, especially intermittent fasting. If you are taking metformin or insulin or any blood sugar lowering medications, and there's really no one else that I'm aware of that doesn't benefit from intermittent fasting. It's just the thing I brought up about stress and sleep, because if you're already burnt out, then this is a type of stressor. It's a hormetic stressor like exercise, and that's where the benefits come from. But females in particular, in their reproductive years, 
may not be able to fast as easily as men. I always have. It's always come easily to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't have children and I haven't been planning on having any. True. And I feel great. And it doesn't affect my menstrual cycle anyway negatively. Women should know that. Like right. if your menstrual cycle changes for the negative or you start spotting or you don't have it, mm-hmm. then intermittent fasting or the keto diet are known for that, for women to push themselves too hard. And then you notice those changes in your hormones. That's because your body wants you to be ready to conceive. That's all it cares about, your survival and reproduction. And so even if you're not planning on having kids, your body's like, whoa, if we're not getting enough nutrients or when we're not getting enough food, Mm -hmm. then our survival is threatened. So then we're not making a baby. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You are not going to put a baby in the (laughs) oven right now until I'm healthy. Yeah. And it's a problem. So those are some signs to look for, you know, that's just basic needs. The body needs sleep and the body needs stress balance. In today's crazy world, it can be hard for some people. But luckily in the morning, that's when your stress tolerance is the highest. And that's when you're the least stressed. So it's easy to skip breakfast in the morning. If you have one of those households that like, you know, looks like the Tasmanian devil's coming Uh through the kitchen in the morning, your kids and you are fighting like crazy, then, you know, maybe you need to change your intermittent fasting to be the evening time. It's just harder for some people. But there are so many benefits to that because you're honoring your circadian rhythm. That's your body's internal clock that changes your hunger cues and your insulin responses based on the rising and setting of the sun. It's important for everyone to know that the same meal you eat for breakfast, for dinner, you're going to have a higher insulin response, 25 to 50% more insulin mm. in response to the foods that you eat at dinner time. And that's probably because it made sense, you know, for our ancient ancestors in case they went to sleep and they couldn't find any food the next morning, right. your body's like, I want to store all this meal sure. just for safekeeping in case we don't get food tomorrow. So your body insulin, by the way, you guys stores fat, sure. like whatever excess carbs you don't need, it stores as fat and it stops fat from being burned. So that matters for someone trying to lose weight. If they're like, oh, I'm doing everything right. Like I don't get it. Well, late night eating is a serious problem. I mean, the expression to have breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, dinner like a pauper, there is some merit to that. You know, it's just that the word breakfast, I would like for you to now accept is meaningless and that really it's just the first meal of the day. Your first meal. Yeah. So the first meal of the day, which for me happens between like 12 and 3 p.m. Anytime I don't pay attention to the clock, it just happens. And if I want to eat earlier, I do. But that usually is my biggest meal of the day. Sometimes I'll break it up. Because I know when I eat a big meal, I'm like less able to concentrate or I have less energy because digestion is going on. So I might just have half of my meal working and then two hours later, I'm having the other half. And then when I get home, I eat a really small dinner. And this is all within like a six hour window. And it's just crazy to me that that doesn't sound healthy to people (laughs) today because now I know I feel much more vibrant immediately doing that. That was the payoff. I mean, you asked me a little bit about why I started doing it. But the reason I had the courage to start is because I found out I had ADD in my late 20s. It explained like my whole life. (laughs) But at the same time, I was like, crap, like if I want to deal with, you know, the pressures of life and adulthood better than I am now, and I want to chase my dreams that I have, what can I do to make my brain function better or to make these ADD symptoms less noticeable? And that gave me the courage to try intermittent fasting because I was just so desperate. I was like, I need to be able to focus. I need to be able to perform at my best and I need more energy. And mornings sucked for me so bad. I mean, I just hated mornings. I felt like crap. And the second I eat my meal in the morning, I mean, it's not so much anymore because I'm metabolically flexible, which you will achieve as well if you follow those steps. (laughs) But if I ate a meal in the morning, I was like, I need to sit down on the couch and relax. Like, I don't want to do it. Don't ask me to think too hard. 
So that's why when you have a big meal at night or something, you feel like you're going to oh, crash. And it, it's Thanksgiving uh, all over. One thing I will say now, if you are structuring your workouts later in the day, sometimes these rules don't apply. You know, don't worry about having your massive first meal of the day. But in general, I think these are really good tips. I think you know your stuff. <laughs> Marisa, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, now let's plug away. Free guide and three training videos, four steps to successful intermittent fasting for anyone. MarisaMoon.com forward slash IF freedom. Marisa, M-A-R-I-S-A, Moon. Yes, just like it sounds. <laughs> Podcast, The Foundation of Wellness on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Right, there you go. MarisaMoon.com forward slash podcast. The Wild Within, Marisa's Primal Life coaching channel on Aura Sleep and Mindfulness app. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Instagram, Marisa underscore moon underscore. Yeah, yeah right. they made me do that. Somebody took Marisa Moon and then Marisa dot moon. And What's that all about? I don't know. There's just other Marisa Moons. They're yeah. not trying to be me. They just are me. On Facebook, Marisa Moon Wellness. So my final question for you, intermittent fasting. Fad or future? It's the past and the future. <laughs> oh, look at that. It's the past and the future. All right. I'm Joey Thurman for Fad or Future. Don't be a fatty. Did you get that? Don't be a fatty. Follow the future to your health. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode with Marisa Moon. Hopefully that answered your questions. And you know, maybe it's a fad and maybe it's a future. Next week... Can you imagine living with your therapist? <laughs> that sounds crazy. Well, we have licensed therapist, life enhancement specialist, Todd Puckett, owner of Eclat 365. He literally goes with you wherever you are. He lives in the room next door. Maybe you have to knock on his door in the morning and get him up because you need to have a conversation. Can you imagine hanging out with your therapist? Maybe you call him your friend. Maybe you call him your cousin. Wow, this sounds like a perfect fad or future episode. And you want to tune in next week.